Welcome in, guys. Thank you for joining us here. This is Fantasy MLB Today, and I am your host, Joe Orico. For those of you who aren't already, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. And you guys can also go ahead and follow the Ethos Fantasy BB account, which is where this show is posted out from every day. And we're going to hope to expand more and more throughout the season and hope to be giving you more content on that end. On my side, you'll get your, uh, the daily list that I post of most added players, and occasionally you get other lists. I do a weekly buy low, sell high uh, thread, other things like that. So any kind of fantasy baseball-related content, uh, you want to be following us on those two channels there. And we're going to be trying to expand more and more throughout the season. We're still fairly new here. We're in about week five or six of the show. Uh, week five, yeah. So as we grow more, as there's more time that goes by, we're going to expand on both of those channels. So go ahead and give us a follow there. Uh, it really helps us to grow our base and expand. One last thing, if you don't mind, if you're listening today, can you just scroll to the bottom of whatever app you're using to listen to this and just click the five-star button there? It really helps us to move up the podcasting algorithm and helps us to be seen more as well. So really appreciate you guys following us and leaving a five-star review if you feel so inclined Obviously, not all of you are going to do that, but it'd be just a few seconds of your day that would really help us out here. So if you're taking the time to listen, uh, a few extra seconds to do that would really go a long way for us. End of speech. Let us move into the bulk of our show here, which is the recap of yesterday's games. For those of you who are new, we recap the games from yesterday. We look ahead to today's matchups, focusing on starting pitching matchups. We look at the waiver wire and talk about some of the hottest pickups and drops of the last day. And then we finish off with our DFS segment where we give you our <clears throat> our lineup from yesterday and talk about how we did, and we'll look into some guys for today. Now, a note on the DFS side today, if you're listening to this a little bit late, um, the slate that I'm recommending today, because it's kind of a sparse night slate, only a couple of games, most of the games are starting around 1 o'clock. So the contest that I'm entering and I'm going to be advising on today is for like a one one ten start time here. So if you do want to be entering that 1 o'clock-ish start time DFS slate, you probably want to go to the end of this video just so you have as much time to prepare your lineups as possible. Go to the end of this video and listen to the last 10 or so minutes and then come back here and listen to the main part of the show again. But if you're going to be doing the DFS part, then um, that's going to be starting sooner than on most days because there's just not a lot of night games tonight. So if you're going to be entering one of those, you should go ahead and do it like right away pretty much. We're going to be talking about the games from yesterday. So we'll waste no more time. There were 16 of them. Uh, it was the Brewers and the Pirates here that we'll be starting off with. Mitch Keller wasn't too bad on the Pirates side, despite taking the loss. Five and a third, he threw, uh, gave up four hits, one run. It was an earned run, and he struck out seven. Much much more promising than I would have thought from him. Uh, I'm not going to be doing anything. If you have him, maybe hold on to him and see how he'll do in his next start. But he's not somebody who's at all worth adding off the wire. On the Milwaukee side, we had a fantastic Brandon Woodruff outing. <clears throat> fantastic. Sorry about that. I got a little something in my throat this morning. Uh, Brandon Woodruff was exceptional over six innings, giving up just one hit, striking out nine, and walking two. This was more the Brandon Woodruff that we drafted here in round two. Uh, maybe in round three, depending on your league. Probably he was in your second round there, and he's probably your number one pitcher that you have. So this is something that we really like to see here. Him uh, returning to that form from more early season last year, kind of Brandon Woodruff. Uh, Josh Hader converted on the save once again. His his sixth save of the year uh, was, a, again, a really safe option to draft this year. Hader, if you took him, 
Uh, there was a doubleheader yesterday, which accounts for the 16 games. There were two White Sox and Guardians games, so we'll talk about the first one here. Uh, Dallas Keuchel with one of the worst possible starts you're going to see here for fantasy or for baseball in general. Got through one inning, gave up 10 hits, 10 runs, 8 of them were earned. Uh, he gave up one home run and walked a batter, did not strike out anybody. It's about as bad as you could possibly have expected from Keuchel. If you did stream him in yesterday because of a favorable matchup, then it he may have just ruined your ERA for the week. We weren't so hot on him yesterday. Um, we didn't recommend a stream or anything, but still, if you picked him up, uh, really did not do you any favors there. On the Cleveland side in this first game, everybody was mashing. The offense was really working. Jose Ramirez hit another grand slam, and he is up to nine, he's up to twenty RBIs in eleven games. He's batted four twenty nine, and his OPS is thirteen hundred and sixty. So Jose Ramirez is looking like a beautiful first round pick so far this year, and pretty easy to anticipate he would be. But he has been great. So just ride that if uh, if you have him. There's no one you can really sell high on because he's already like a top five pick. You just ride out that value. He'll he'll settle down a little bit, but he should still be fairly valuable. Uh, obviously, he's going to be fairly valuable. He should still have <clears throat> similar value like we've seen going forward. Obviously, this is a little bit extreme what we're seeing from him. He'll correct himself, and the batting average will fall back to like probably 280 or 290 or so. But if he's going to start off this hot and continue on this trajectory, then we're all for it because this is great. This is great stuff out of Jose Ramirez, especially playing for not a great team in the Guardians, who have honestly at 6-5 and five, a little bit overperformed, I would say. But anyway, let's talk about Shane Bieber. He had a really good outing yesterday. Six innings, he gave up four hits, uh, one earned run and struck out seven. Really good stuff out of Bieber. A little bit concerning uh, in the offseason with shoulder stuff and Velo being down, but... I think we're I think we're okay with Shane Bieber. He does worry me a little bit, but I think overall we're gonna be we're gonna be pretty okay. Let's talk about the second leg of the doubleheader. And sorry if you guys are hearing me clear my throat. I'm trying to avoid that. I just I feel like I'm coming down with something this morning, so uh, that doesn't seem great. But let's keep going here. Tristan McKenzie uh, four and a third, and you know pretty good, other than a little bit of control problem with the four walks. Four and a third, just gave up one hit, uh, the one earned run, struck out four. Going forward, I really like Tristan McKenzie. And Emmanuel Classe, I think it's Classe, and you guys know I can't pronounce anything. Class, Classe, I can't say I watch a ton of Guardians broadcasts. Uh, he got his first save of the season yesterday. Very nice to see. I had mentioned him last week in the buy low segment on Twitter because I just thought he was really underperforming. And he's still kind of underperforming, but it's good to see him pick up a save here. So that will cover those games. Oh, I guess I should talk about Jimmy Lambert. Not that there's much fantasy relevance there. Uh, three and two-thirds, you know, five hits, two earned runs, struck out five. Yeah, he wasn't awful, but he's not someone that you guys can roster going forward. He just doesn't hold the value there. Uh, let's bounce around this slate a little bit. Let's talk about the Blue Jays and the Red Sox here. Jose Barrios was really good. He got the victory. Six innings, uh, eight hits, one earned run, and struck out six. Really good stuff out of Barrios. Really uh, has been nice to see him return to form these last couple of starts, particularly last night after a terrible debut against Texas where he only got one out. These last couple outings have been more what the Jays expected when they signed him to that big extension, acquired him, and then extended him. Uh, not too much to report on the batting side for the Jays last night. On the Red Sox side, Nick Pavetta got roughed around a little bit. Four innings, seven hits, 
five earned runs. Uh, he struck out four and walked four. And he did give up that Tapia home run, that Ramel Tapia home run. Uh, that's about it for this game. Nothing too big in terms of fantasy implications. Uh, the Phillies and the Rockies is the next one we will go over. Zach Eflin was not bad. Uh, he didn't get the win, but five and two-thirds, nine hits, four runs. All of them were earned, and five strikeouts. Pretty solid outing from Eflin. Not fantastic, but you know how I feel about Coors Field. If you can keep a team to like four runs over about six innings at Coors Field, I'm pretty happy with that. On the Colorado side, uh, Herman Marquez was also pretty good, not bad. Six innings, uh, eight hits, four earned runs. Struck out five. Uh, he did give up three long balls, which definitely did not help his cause. But not a terrible outing for Marquez. He's probably someone that you should hold on to for now. It's going to be a little bit hit or miss, obviously, playing in Colorado. But I'm holding on for now with Marquez. Eflin, uh, not, as, not as interested there. Uh, Braves and the Dodgers is the next one we'll go over here. Charlie Morton took the loss uh, against Tony Gonsolin and the Dodgers. Morton went five and a third. Six hits against, four earned runs, struck out four, uh, walked three and gave up two home runs. Really not that impressive from Charlie Morton. I mean, he's going up against a tough team. We, I went, I was a little troubled by this yesterday, whether or not to start Charlie Morton. Uh, not that I am, I don't have any shares of him, but just in terms of the advice I would be giving you guys. And it was kind of a toss-up for me. He's really not been great this year, and it wasn't a great situation going up against the Dodgers. On the road, so I understand that it wasn't great. Um, we're not dropping him. Don't do anything drastic yet. Uh, we'll hold on to Charlie. Let's see if he can figure it out in the next couple starts. On the Dodgers side, Tony Gonsolin, six innings pitched, gave up just one hit, struck out three, and walked three. I really like Tony Gonsolin uh, yesterday, and I think he's someone who can hold value going forward. Uh, in in most leagues, I feel like he should be rostered. He's someone who can. Not a high strikeout guy, but he can strike guys out. He's got to work on his control a little bit this year. He's walked seven guys over 13 innings. But I like Tony Gonsolin. I think he should be on a roster. Next, we have the Reds and the Padres. And, you know, really, really impressive stuff from Mackenzie Gore here. Five innings, he only gave up four hits, didn't give up any runs. He struck out seven and walked two. Mackenzie Gore should be on a roster in every league at this point. Uh, I'm really excited to see what we can we can get out of him going forward, uh, and I wish I had I wish I had drafted him in a couple of cases. Looking back on how my drafts played out, but he went kind of late, and I thought I would wait on him, and I I just didn't get him, and I wish I did, uh, and I wish I'd been able to acquire him on waivers in the leagues where he didn't get drafted. So uh, if he's still available, then by all, by, by all means, definitely go ahead and pause the video right now and go to your app and go pick up Mackenzie Gore. Uh, on the Cincinnati side, Vladimir Gutierrez, I was a little bit iffy on him going in, and he was a little bit iffy here. Four and two-thirds, he only walked, or he only gave up two hits, but he walked three and gave up three earned runs. Not somebody who's going to hold any fantasy value, unfortunately, there. The Orioles and the Athletics was the next game here. And it was a 1-0 Orioles victory. Jordan Lyles, surprise, surprise, was actually pretty good. Five innings, he gave up five hits, struck out six, and walked one, uh, walking away with the victory here. On the Oakland side, Dalton Jeffries, again, very serviceable outing. Six innings, three hits, only the one run, and it was unearned, and he took the loss, unfortunately, but gave up five, or uh, struck out five guys. So I, I really like what we saw from Jeffries. It's unfortunate he took the loss, despite only giving up an unearned run. But over 15 and a third innings, his ERA is 
Really nice so far. Really nice. Something you need to keep an eye on. In deeper leagues, I would go ahead and make the grab. In your standard league, I don't know that I could justify it just because I don't really have too much confidence. I think he's worth a flyer in deeper leagues, but I don't have too much confidence that he can do this throughout the course of the whole season. Uh, the Rays and the Cubs is the next one we'll go into. It was an 8-2 Rays victory. And this one was actually called after six innings, I believe. Uh, six innings, yeah, there was... There was rain stuff, I believe, going on over there at Wrigley. So this one was official after six innings. Drew Rasmussen got the start here on the Tampa side. He went three, struck out uh, four batters, walked two, gave up two earned runs. Uh, nothing really to be done there on the fantasy side. As much as I kind of like Rasmussen, there's, not, there's no move there to be made. Uh, on the Cubs side, Marcus Stroman, he really did not have a good outing here. Four and a third, eight hits, eight runs, seven of them were earned. The nice thing was he struck out seven, but that's about as far as your compliments can go of him there. Through 13 innings this year, his ERA is 8-7-8. Really rough, really rough from Stroman. you got to just hold if you drafted him and hope for him to turn around here because you can't sell at this point. He has very low value at this point, I would say. So you kind of just have to hold and hope he turns it around here. The Yankees and the Tigers is the next game, and the Yankees won 5-3. to three. Luis Severino was very good. Five innings, gave up seven hits, one earned run. He struck out three and walked two. Luis Severino obviously should be on every single roster. He's on most of them, I think, at this point. I'm not totally sure if his roster percentage. I mean, it should be it should be just about at the top. But I've really liked what I've seen from Severino. Eighty-seven uh, percent rostered. He's mostly rostered, but if he's if you're in one of those leagues where he's not, then he, he should be. Uh, 13 innings this year, his ERA is 2.08. Obviously very small sample sizes, but he's been really nice to watch. On the Detroit side, Eduardo Rodriguez was okay. For him, actually pretty good. Six innings, three earned runs, struck out five, and walked uh, only one. Four hits against. Pretty serviceable from Rodriguez. He's not great, and I've already said, uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before, if there's a really hot waiver wire pickup and he's your worst player on your team... Like let's say it's Mackenzie Gore, and you want to you want to do a swap for Mackenzie Gore there. I would absolutely um, be on board with that. Now we'll move on here. The Do- the Angels and the Astros, and Shohei Otani was in peak MVP form yesterday. Uh, I-, I wish I'd gotten a chance to watch some of this game, but I did not. He was six innings and twelve strikeouts on the mound, one hit and one walk. Can't really say, don't really need to say too much about that. That's about as good as you're going to get. Also, he got the win, so that's great. On the batting side, he was two for four with a run and two RBIs while also drawing a walk. Not too much more you can say about Otani other than the fact that he is he's brilliant. He's fantastic. Uh, really enjoy watching him. I'm sorry I didn't see the start. I'm sorry I didn't get to watch it. I'm planning on watching some of it today. Um, See what I can find on YouTube and whatnot, but uh, really fantastic. I I I I love Otani, honestly, guys. I I last year I was a little bit annoyed because he won the MVP over my my hometown Vladdy. Obviously, I wasn't being really objective there. Otani was the MVP last year, and this year I'm kind of gotten over that uh, that pissed off feeling I had over over him taking the MVP from Vlad, but he deserved it. He's brilliant, and he showed us why yesterday. So 
if you have him, especially if you're in an ESPN league and you have him all wrapped into one, because in Yahoo, he's split into two players, uh, a pitcher and a hitter. If you have him on ESPN, then he's one guy. Uh, I'm not sure how many points he would have had yesterday, but I'm guessing in the 30s, maybe 40 ESPN points. It's like really solid stuff. Enough gushing about Shohei. We'll move on to the Astro side. Jake Odorizzi was brutal. I would expect that he's not going to be in the rotation for very long. I think Christian Javier should be in the rotation down there. I don't know why he's not. They bring him out of the bullpen quite a bit, and he's pretty much always good out of the bullpen. I mean, this year so far, eight and the third scoreless, 12 strikeouts. He's been fantastic out of the pen. I would like to see him get some starts over there, which would really help his fantasy value as well. Odorizzi went two-thirds of an inning, only two hits, but he walked four. Six runs, only three of them were earned, however, uh, and he had two strikeouts. I don't think he's going to be in the rotation for very much longer. I could be wrong about that, but I don't really have much faith in him there. No reason to be on any rosters. Uh, Let's move on to the Cardinals and the Marlins. And Miles Mikolas, I really thought that he was probably the best stream available yesterday. And he was really good. Five innings, uh, four hits against, no earned runs, no runs at all, and struck out five. I really like what he gave yesterday. He was probably the best guy on the wires that you could have grabbed. Uh, on the Marlins side, Sandy Alcantara, really unfortunate. And this is something that happened to him last year quite a bit as well. His team just didn't really give him a lot of run support. and He went eight shutout innings, only giving up four hits, six strikeouts. Really great stuff. And Nolan Arenado... Ruined it in the ninth inning off of Anthony Bender. <clears throat> and Alcantara comes away with an eight-inning shutout, no decision. So it's really unfortunate, especially if you're looking for a win there, if the win category for you is tough this week. Or if you just needed some more points, if you're in a points league and you could have used those five points or four points or whatever your league gives for wins. It sucks, but it's, it's the Marlins. They don't really produce a lot of run support for him. They never have. Uh, let's move on. To the Diamondbacks and the Nationals. The Diamondbacks actually came alive yesterday. They scored 11 runs. Really rare uh, for them. I mean, they've been batting like about 100 as a team. Like literally like 120 or something as a team. So this was nice to see a bit of an offensive explosion. It wasn't nice if you picked up Eric Fetty. And I thought he was a lower end stream for yesterday because of the fact that he's playing against such a brutal team here. I didn't expect him to get rocked around like this. Three and a third, uh, he gave up eight hits, six earned runs, and three strikeouts. He had a tough go of it. On the Diamondbacks' side, though, Merrill Kelly, I continue to be very impressed by him and his changeup. I continue to be very impressed by him in general. Now, his velocity on his fastball was a little bit down, and that's not something that we like to see. Uh, it was more in line with what we saw in, in prior seasons. Now, Obviously, he should be on a roster. Merrill Kelly should be on a roster. He is fantastic. He's been really good this year, and there's no reason why he should be on waiver wires at the moment. Um, That being said, you have to be kind of a little bit careful with your expectations because he does play for a bad team, and he's probably not going to be winning very many games throughout the year. So you're going to need big contributions in the strikeout, in the ERA, and in the whip categories. And so far, we have seen that. So uh, as of right now, Merrill Kelly should be on no waiver wires. He should be rostered everywhere. And I completely stand by that. That is something that needs to be done. So if Merrill Kelly, for whatever reason, is on a wire, if you see in one of your leagues that he's available, then go ahead and grab him. 
A couple more games to go over here from yesterday. The Giants and the Mets was a 5-2 Giants victory. And Carlos Rodon continues to be fantastic. Five innings, three hits, no runs, and he struck out eight. Uh, over 17 innings, he struck out 29 batters. His ERA is 106. Uh, he's an early Cy Young candidate. I know we're very early, but for me, he's going to be an early Cy Young candidate there. San Francisco's got a hell of a rotation, and it's kind of understated. They're not big flashy names necessarily with your Logan Webbs and Alex Cobbs and uh, Anthony DeSclafani's and Alex Wood. But these guys, they have a solid five deep rotation. Like they might have the best rotation in baseball. It's it's, it's the top three rotation in baseball for sure. I, I love Carlos Rodon and I love what he's been able to do this year. Jake McGee uh, got the save. It's kind of unknown going forward who's going to get save opportunities. <clears throat> they bounce around a little bit between Doval and McGee and there's other names there also who are, you know, potential save guys. Tyler Rogers could be a guy who gets some saves there. It's kind of a hard situation um, to know what to do with. I'd say if you have one of those arms in San Francisco, one of those relief pitchers, I would hold them for now, whether it be McGee or you have Doval, and just see how things shake out a little bit over the next week or so. Um, Kansas City and Minnesota. And now here's another closer situation that kind of pissed me off is Kansas City went to Stalmont in the 8th and Scott Barlow in the ninth. Now, I told you guys yesterday Stalmont is a priority add, and he had the previous two, the only two saves that Kansas City had this year going in. And now Barlow, it may have been more of a matchup thing. They liked uh, they liked him better going up against the guys who were due up in the ninth, and that's why it happened. I still think Stalmont should be added. I still think that he is probably the favorite to be the, the closer over there. So I would I would pick up Stalmont and Barlow if you have him. I would just hold him and see what happens. But really annoying stuff from Matheny over there. I. I a lot of managers do this, and I understand that they couldn't care less about our fantasy teams. And that goes for all sports. These guys, when they make decisions, whether it be, you know, take a wide receiver out of the game in the fourth or whatever, you know, these guys don't care about our fantasy teams. They don't, they couldn't care less. Four and two thirds, yeah, take them out. We don't care about the win today. Well, <clears throat> fantasy managers care about the win. Well, actual managers couldn't care less. So stuff like this happens, and you have to remember that real coaches don't give a rat's ass about this. So it's frustrating, but at the same time, you're not going to get clarity on a lot of these um, closer situations, especially not at this point. Now, if you have a Romano or a Hater or a Hendricks, well, I said Romano's name first there. Probably should say Hater first there. He's still at the top of the group. If you have one of those big league, big time closer guys, then you don't have to worry about whether they're going to get to eat or not, whether they're going to get their time. Uh, guys like Stamont and Barlow, a little bit more worrisome now with this, with going back to Barlow yesterday. I still, I still have both of them rostered at the moment to see what shakes out, but really frustrating stuff there. Um, Daniel Lynch was the starter for Kansas City, and he went five shutout innings, giving up four hits and striking out two. Really good stuff there. He got the win. Uh, Chris Paddock, not great. Again, five innings, five hits, two earned runs, four strikeouts. Not bad. He's a little bit iffy in terms of a going forward guy to roster. Uh, we only have one game left now. Uh, 16, long, some long slates, guys, these last couple of days. 17, 16 games. It's a lot to go over. It's a lot of information to cover, and it's a lot to process. 
So I'll be looking forward to tonight's slate, which is only 10 games. But let's finish up last night, and then we'll get into tonight. Uh, we had a 4-2 Mariners victory, led by Logan Gilbert, who once again, fantastic, fantastic stuff from Logan Gilbert. Six and two-thirds, six hits against, four strikeouts. That's it. No runs, no walks, no homers, nothing. Really, really excited for what he can what he can bring as a major leaguer. I drafted him in a couple of different leagues, and the early returns are very, very nice. Very nice indeed. Um, plenty to be happy about with Logan Gilbert. On the Texas side, Dane Dunning, four innings, six hits, three earned runs, uh, three strikeouts, and three walks. Not somebody who I'm interested in for fantasy. He's occasionally going to be decent with the right matchup, but as a whole, I mean, last year there was some times when I found I could stream him in, depending on the matchups and stuff. Uh, so far this year, I'm not really seeing that, but going forward, I'm sure there'll be a couple matchups to utilize Dunning in. Not somebody who should be rostered. Uh, Logan Gilbert, if you see him on any rosters, then by all, or if you see him on any wires, which you probably won't anymore, you may have a little bit more at the beginning of the year, go ahead and grab him because he's going to have a ton of value. So uh, we're cutting it a little bit close to the start time today because everything's starting fairly early. So let's get over these uh, these games here, and we will start with the Yankees and the Tigers, which is the first scheduled start time here. We have Jordan Montgomery going up against Michael Pineda. Jordan Montgomery, I really like here. Uh, Pineda, it's hard to say, really. Hard to say. It's his first start of the year. We'll have to see what he can do, but I'm not targeting him uh, for today, not as a pickup here. Montgomery, I really like, and Montgomery should be rostered, and he's a great play for DFS today as well. Uh, San Francisco and the, the Mets are the next game, and another great pitching matchup here, Anthony DeSclefani and Carlos Carrasco. Both of them should be safe to deploy here today. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. DeSclefani has not been quite as sharp as we saw last year. Carrasco has been a little bit sharper than you probably would expect. <clears throat> so I think they're both safe to start today. But I'm keeping an eye on DeSclefani. We'll see uh, We'll see if he can return to that kind of sub-350 ERA DeSclefani from last year. Uh, here's another really good pitching matchup here. Zach Plezak and Dylan Cease. We have the White Sox and the Guardians. I think they're both safe to use here. I'd obviously prefer Dylan Cease going up against a poor lineup. But I like Plezak, and I think he should be all right to use here as well. Uh, not that I would necessarily go and make an ad on him, but I think for a DFS tournament or um, for a, a league where you have unlimited ads for the week or a lot of ads anyway, he's a fairly safe option there. Uh, Minnesota and Kansas is the next game, and we have Joe Ryan and Zach Greinke. Really good outing, a really good matchup here. I would feel fine to deploy both of them while obviously being more comfortable with Ryan. Uh, Greinke struck out one guy over 11 innings. It's going to be a little bit tough going forward to roster him perhaps. Especially if he's still, uh, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be on this Kansas City team. Especially if this Kansas City team is not doing particularly well, then he might be a little bit hard to roster. But I like him here in this situation at home. Um, I would deploy him here against the Twins today. The Orioles and the Athletics is the next game. And <clears throat> the pitching matchup is Tyler Wells and Paul Blackburn. Paul Blackburn, I really like. I was an ad in pretty much any format at the moment, especially for today. Going up against a very poor team in the Orioles. He's been very good so far this season, and he's playing in his big home ballpark. Really like him there. Tyler Wells, not so much. Obviously, neither lineup here is very potent, so either starter could have a very good game. But they could both have bad games as well. I'm more expecting Blackburn to do well. 
as opposed to Wells. <clears throat> so I would recommend picking up Blackburn if he's still available on waiver wires. Wells, you can go ahead and just leave him where he is. Uh, the Diamondbacks and the Nationals is the next one we will touch on here. Zach Davies and Josh Rogers, neither one of them inspires much confidence, and I'm going to be leaving them both on waiver wires. Um, that's my recommendation anyway. In a deeper league, I can understand picking up Josh Rogers, but I'm not terribly thrilled uh, with that prospect for sure. It's just a little bit, uh, I don't know, middle of the week here, trying to economize my ads, so I would probably save them for the weekend. Not a bad uh, ad because Arizona did burst out yesterday. It's unlikely that that lineup is going to have two straight banger days. So uh, it's not a terrible option, Rogers, but it's not a great option either. The Cardinals and the Marlins is the next game we will go over here. And Jordan Hicks and Pablo Lopez going at it here. Hicks will have his, I think this is his, did he start the first game he appeared in or was it a relief appearance? Uh, no, I think it was a relief appearance. Actually, I think he's been in a couple of uh, longer relief appearances over a couple innings. Now they're going to stretch him out and have a start here. I don't think his pitch count will be too high, so I wouldn't really wa- uh, wouldn't really bother with him in terms of a grab off the wire. Pablo Lopez feel really good about this. He should have a good outing here today. Uh, he's going to be already rostered, but a safe deployment here today, I feel. Let's move on. Pirates and the Cubs is the next game here. Bryce Wilson and Mark Leiter Jr., I'm probably staying away from both of these guys. I don't have a ton of faith in either arm. <clears throat> don't need to spend a lot of time there. Let's just keep moving on to the Rangers and the Mariners. Taylor Hearn and Marco Gonzalez. Now, Marco Gonzalez is actually available in quite a few leagues. He's someone that I would recommend going to grab. I think he's someone who can be a back-end of the rotation value guy uh, going forward. And we'll see, we'll see how well he does. But so far, I've liked what I've seen. And last year, he was pretty solid back of the rotation, like I said, kind of fantasy value. So I think that he's someone who should probably be rostered more than he is. He's about 25, 28% rostered on, on Yahoo uh, from what I checked this morning. So I think he should be added in more cases. Taylor Hearn is going up against him, and now he wasn't too bad in his last time out against, uh, who was it, the Angels. He wasn't too bad. And he wasn't too bad against the Rockies either. He's not, he's not a recommended play for me today, but I, I've seen a lot worse. So... If you're desperate, if you're looking at one of those leagues where it's going to be a battle for strikeouts the whole week or wins perhaps, then maybe you go and take a shot on Hearn. But I don't really recommend it. I don't have too much faith in him there. Uh, That's it for yesterday and that's it for today. A lot of games uh, these last couple of nights. Tonight we have a bit of a break as we're on a, a travel day. Uh, most of the games are day games. There's only three games that start after 6 p.m. Eastern, and it's a 6.40, 7.40, 9.40 spread out time. So mostly a matinee slate for today, which I enjoy. I like a good uh, day of baseball, which, I mean, every day for me is a day of baseball. But uh, an actual daytime viewing of baseball is very nice. Let's talk about some of the most added players today. Um, I'm going to start with Paul Blackburn, even though we just talked about him. I like him as a stream and a deeper league ad going forward. I'm not sure what he can bring rest of season, but I feel comfortable deploying him here at home against the Orioles at the very least. Uh, Josh Thalmont, disappointing, like I said, did not see him get the save. I still feel fairly confident he'll be the primary closer going forward there. So if you added him yesterday, don't panic, drop him or angrily drop him because he didn't get the save yesterday. 
He still threw an inning yesterday and struck out two, scoreless two, or a scoreless inning, striking out two, uh, tripping over my words a little bit. Not feeling the greatest here today. I think I might be coming down with something. So uh, the weekend will be nice to recharge a little bit. <clears throat> Stamont, I'm still fairly confident in. I'm not as confident as I was yesterday. Don't get me wrong. But I think if you added him, you have to hold. There's no point in having used an ad for a one-inning stream of two strikeouts. You know, keep him, see what Stewart uh, shakes out over the next few games. Because I don't think even Mike Matheny really knows uh, game to game who he's going to be going with at the moment. So hold on to Stamont. Jordan Hicks being added in quite a few leagues, and we just talked about him. I like Jordan Hicks quite a bit, but I don't think that he has value at the moment. Probably not for today anyway. I don't see him going enough innings where he would justify uh, a pickup at this point. I'm thinking probably three or four innings is the most he's going to pitch. He's only, I think, maxed out at around 35 pitches for the year. So I don't see him going more than like 50, maybe 60 pitches here. And that's like probably being on the higher side. So I don't see too much value in adding him there. Uh, Jerickson Profar is also being added and I don't really buy it in Profar. I just have never been that great of a player. He was a really highly touted prospect about 10 years ago or so for the Rangers. And he was supposed to be the next big thing. And he never was. He's always been a decent speed guy. Uh, this four home runs in 39 at-bats. He only had four home runs in 353 at-bats last year. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Deeper leagues absolutely make the ad. It's nice that he plays first, second, and in the outfield as well. And if you're in a shallow 10 or 12 team league, that's just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just don't trust him. There's too many other options of those positions in, in shallower leagues where I don't feel confident enough. So in a deeper league, I'd go ahead and add Profar, maybe 14 or deeper, I would say. It's probably safe. But I don't see him having value in a smaller standard league. Uh, Jock Peterson has been really nice these last few games. He's seven for his last 20. He's hit three home runs on the year. And, you know, if he keeps batting like this, he'll have more of a secured everyday spot in that lineup. So he's been batting fourth mostly. I like him. He's not playing against lefties. But I think he's a decent deeper league option. I don't know if you can have him in standard leagues because of the platoon stuff. I'd feel all right about it in standard leagues. But I feel very good about it in deeper leagues. So um, let's talk about a couple more guys. Dylan Bundy. If you guys heard the show yesterday, we had Bogman on. We had Scott Bogman on. And we were talking about Dylan Bundy. And he's not buying it. I'm not really buying it. I don't really think we can expect many more of these kind of starts. He's going up against the White Sox at home next time out. Roster percentage jumped from 4 to 25 over the last couple of days. Um, but I don't, see, I don't see him continuing to have success. He's had a couple of nice years in the past, but I would I would not worry about Dylan Bundy outside of the deepest of leagues. Uh, Marco Gonzalez also being added quite a bit today. I would have him as a roster guy going forward. He's a fairly rosterable player. I might be wrong, but last time out, he went seven strong against Houston, got the win, struck out six, only gave up the one run. So I like his potential, and I like what we saw from him last year. So I think Gonzalez is a fairly safe add there. Uh, Tyro Estrada also being added in quite a few leagues. His roster percentage has jumped 40% over the last week. I don't buy it. You know, he's really hot right now, 30th ranked player on the year. And he's been doing that with a 227 batting average. It's, you know, these early season runs and RBIs that are not going to stand up throughout the whole season. 
10 runs, 8 RBIs, 2 steals. He had one steal last year. Granted, not in a lot of playing time. He's not a big steal guy. He's not a big power guy. And he's hitting for a low average. If you want to take the chance while he's hot, by all means, uh, I'm not taking the chance on him. I don't have a lot of faith. And, you know, like a couple of these guys, if it's a really deep league, then sure, take the shot. But I'm not really too interested. Let's move on to the drop side and talk about guys who have been released from their teams over these last uh, over the last day or so. And starting with Eric Fetty, who got roughed up by the Diamondbacks. Yeah, absolutely. If you streamed him in, drop him. Uh, you can't be getting roughed up by the Diamondbacks and have a spot on fantasy rosters. That's not how it works. Dallas Keuchel is another one who you guys can let go. He got absolutely demolished by uh, Cleveland. One inning, gave up eight earned runs, I think. Not somebody who I really... I mean, I used to really like Dallas Keuchel, but at this point, he's unrosterable. Uh, Drew Rasmussen is not unrosterable, but I think outside of the deepest of leagues, he's not really worth it. Uh, I liked what he did last year. Over 76 innings, he had a 284 ERA. He won some games. He had a save. Decent strikeouts. You know, he was a decent guy in, in deeper leagues to have last year. I don't know that we're going to be able to say the same this year for him. Uh, Anthony Bender also being dropped in quite a few leagues. I don't have a lot of faith. He does have a couple of saves. I'd probably hold on to him for now. Just because saves are kind of hard to come by. You guys know this. So I would probably hold on to him for now. <clears throat> uh, Miles Mikolas is another one being dropped. He's being added and dropped at a similar rate. Um, but in terms of the amount of ads that are being done and the amount of drops that are being done, uh, he is being added more than he is being dropped, but he is higher up on the drops list because of how many players have been dropped by, um, by fantasy managers. A little bit of, uh, verbal mumbo jumbo there. He's being added and he's being dropped. So people are really not sure about him. I think that he's worth a roster spot at this point, uh, especially in a deeper format. The rough outing against Pittsburgh to start the year was obviously rough, but he's had two really good outings back-to-back here. Uh, I'm not sure who he gets in his next outing. I think the Mets. Either the Reds or the Mets. I'm thinking it's going to be the Mets. So uh, there's a difference there for sure between the Reds and the Mets. I'd probably uh, probably hold on to him, though. I probably wouldn't be dropping him just yet. And Marcus Stroman is also being dropped. And I don't think that that makes much sense either. Really too early. Obviously, he had a rough start at Colorado, which happens. A rough start against the Rays, which they can also happen. that can also happen. They can rough you around. I'm holding on to Stroman for now. He should bounce back. Uh, if not by the next couple starts, then you should be a little bit worried. Andrew Heaney also been dropped in some leagues. Uh, he's another one being added and dropped at about the same rate. But he did get sent to the I.L., now, they don't expect it to be a long-term problem, but it's still a bit of a problem. So some people would just, I, I understand, dropping him there. Probably if you added him, you should just hold on to him and see what happens if you have an IL slot. If your league doesn't have IL slots, it'll be kind of hard. But if you do, then I would just hold on to him. So that will cover us for the waiver wire. Uh, we're going to jump into DFS now for the last 10 or so minutes here. Now, yesterday we had a really good day, and we actually had someone reach out on Twitter saying that they used our lineups, they won their contest, and they won 20 bucks off it. Really nice to see that kind of return. We had the previous night a bit of a rougher night. Last night we were back, back, baby. We were back, 122 points last night. We were on it, and the guy who 
had messaged me. Um, you guys can check my Twitter. Actually, you can see you can see uh, the lineups that um, that I submitted yesterday, and there were a couple of changes because the guy who had entered the contest uh, entered. He reserved his entry before he had um, submitted the lineup. So by the time the game started, he needed to pivot a little bit for my choices. But he had a really nice pivot there uh, to Adam Frazier from Tony Kemp that really helped him. So let me just go over the guys that I had yesterday. I had Merrill Kelly and Logan Gilbert as my preferred starters, returning 23 and 26 points, respectively. Really nice stuff. No zeros in the lineup at all yesterday. The lowest score we had was from Mitch Garver, who was 0 for 4, but he did drive in a run. I think it was a sack fly. So we had a couple points from him there. Vlad Guerrero walked three times, so he had 7.8 points. Tony Kemp had two singles and a walk, so he had 7.8 points. Eduardo Escobar, a single, a double, and a walk. Now, Escobar was one of our pivots because Luis Arias, my original selection for third, did not end up making the starting lineup yesterday. So we had a pivot and a nice pivot there. Adalberto Mondesi was a short, and he had a base hit and an RBI. He's really cheap in DFS, so he's kind of hard to pass up, even though he hasn't been so great. And he was good there yesterday. Uh, our big hitter in the field yesterday was Dalton Varsho, who had a home run, uh, drove in three runs, and walked. So 20.6 fantasy points for him. Juan Soto had a single, a double, uh, scored a run, and walked. So 12.3 points for him. Jesse Winker had a base hit, a run, and a walk. 7.1 points for him. So 122 total. That was enough to uh, win. win the, I'm, I need to get his name here and uh, say it out. Uh, Thabiti. Thabiti is the name of the, I'm not sure if it's a real name or if it's just a, a Twitter name, but Thabiti, uh, really glad we were able to help you out, man. And we have another lineup here today that I'm feeling really good about. Now it is for a one o'clock start time, a one ten start time. And the starters that I have here are Jordan Montgomery and Paul Blackburn. I really like both of their chances here today, both going up against poor teams in Detroit and, and Baltimore in both playing in pitcher-friendly ballparks today. So I really like both of those guys. A couple of repeats we have from yesterday. I have Mitch Garver again, and I have Vladimir Guerrero again. I feel very comfortable in their matchups for today, so I went ahead with both of them again. And Vladdy also is $3 cheaper than he was yesterday, so we'll take it. We'll take it there. I do have Boba Shett in as my shortstop, and I know he's been struggling. Uh, I like the matchup here today against Tanner Houck. I like the fact that he is $13, which is really cheap. And I think it's a low-risk, high-reward kind of situation here in a day game where Bo tends to do fairly well in day games. So I will take that there, Those uh, the 2-3 in the chase batting order. Cattell Marte I have as my second baseman, and he's really cheap here as well, $12. And he's been okay this year. From a points league perspective, better than a category perspective. I have him as my second baseman here. Uh, I like the matchup again. A lot of these are matchup related. I like Marte batting from the right side, and he'll be facing a lefty today in Rodgers. So he will be batting uh, from the right side here, and I do prefer him on the right. Rafael Devers is my third baseman here, and I hate to bet against my Blue Jays, but I think Devers is due for a big game here. So uh, I'm putting in Devers. And I also don't like Gosman too much in terms of a Devers matchup. So I have Devers as my third baseman at 19 bucks. Now in the outfield, we have Whit Merrifield, who is listed here in the outfield, $7. He's $7 after starting the year at 14, going up to 17. He hasn't been great. Absolutely has not been great. But for 7 bucks, I'm willing to take that chance. 
Uh, Joe Ryan has been really good, but I'm willing to take the chance for a $7 number two hitter with that kind of speed uh, for Merrifield today. I like it. My other two outfielders are, again, another repeat from yesterday, Juan Soto. I really like the matchup again. <clears throat> a lot of this comes down to matchups. And if you can exploit matchups, uh, and Zach Davies is not a great pitcher here. Exploiting matchups is a huge way to be successful in the DFS side. So I have Juan Soto there, and I have Tyler O'Neill in my last outfield slot. Tyler O'Neill has not hit a home run since we used him in DFS on the first day of the season. Now, we did use him in one other instance, but, you know, I think he is due. I think Tyler O'Neill is completely due to go yard today. So, we have not everybody confirmed. Obviously, uh, some of the later starts aren't confirmed. Guerrero, Bichette, Devers, and Merrifield are confirmed in those lineups. Now, Garver, Marte, Soto, O'Neill, and... uh, yeah, Garver, Marte, Soto, and O'Neill don't start till a little bit later, so we don't have confirmation. So obviously, if those guys don't play, it's good to have someone in a similar kind of price range that you can switch to. Um, so that's always something to keep in mind for sure. Guys, that is going to pretty much do it for us today. Uh, not quite as long of a show as we've done these last couple of days. Uh, I didn't want to drag it on too, too long because, you know, I understand people have things to do in their lives. So if we can keep it closer to three quarters of an hour as opposed to a full hour, I think that probably works best going forward. Uh, we're just about at the end of our week here. I hope you guys will join us tomorrow. Uh, and I hope you guys will continue to listen into next week as we'll try. I'm going to try and bring you guys two guests next week. We'll try and have an early week guest. And we'll try and have a later week guest as well. Um, So let me know if there's anybody in particular in the fantasy world you guys would like to see me try and bring on. Uh, You guys can send me a message on Twitter. You can tweet at me. You can tweet at those people. You can tweet. uh, You can DM me. I'll try and be a man of the people on this show and give you guys what you want as much as I can. So if there's someone you guys want to see me have a conversation with, uh, send me a message with their name and I'll see what I can do, right? If I know who they are, if they know who, or probably don't know who I am just yet. But we're hoping to move closer to that direction where um, trying to become a household name in this industry if possible. So we'll see if that is, um, we'll see if that's doable. Anybody who, Anybody who you guys really like in the fantasy world, there are a few people I have in mind who I have reached out to, some of them, some of them I haven't reached out to yet, but we have a lot more ideas for guests, and a minimum one guest per week is who I want to be, was the minimum I want to be doing here. So you guys can bank on at least one guest per week going forward. Uh, really want to thank all you guys for tuning in here again today, and thank you for all the new listeners who have discovered the show, uh, maybe in this last week, or maybe you just found it today. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, every bit of growth is very much appreciated. If you are new, please go and put a five-star review at the bottom of the page. I know I'm asking a little bit much there if you're new, but uh, if you like what you're hearing, I'm trying to expand this page as much as I can, so that will really help us in doing that. Another thing I want to expand is my Twitter, and we're just just shy of 400 followers. We're just there. I think we're at 399 before I started recording today, so maybe we've already topped it over, but uh, we started at zero just shy of a month ago, so we've gained 400 over the last three-ish weeks, three maybe maybe a month now. So I, I'm very happy with that. We've done very well here uh, in terms of our growth in the first month, and that is thanks to you guys. So thank you all so much for supporting me. I'll give you the Twitter once more. It's at JoeOrico99. So J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. I spell it out because it's a little bit of a strange name. I'll give you guys the other account that I showed out here, which is the Ethos Fantasy BB account. E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB. 
that's where the show is directly posted out from every day. And as we grow here, I hope to bring you guys more content on that page as well as my own. On my own page, you will get fantasy content every single day. Uh, on the Ethos page, you get the show posted out. And I mean, I post it out on my own uh, account as well. But the Ethos Fantasy BB account is where the show directly gets sent out from. So follow us on both of those channels just to make sure you never miss a show, never miss any updates uh, from the Sports Ethos Fantasy Baseball community, which at the point at this point is pretty much just me. Uh, but we will try and expand more and more as the season goes on. Thank you guys again for tuning in, and we'll see you back here to wrap up the week on Friday. Take care, guys. Cheers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.